I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller. Good morning, You're Scott. You're back. I am back. I am back. Yay, welcome back. How it's was the Blues Cruise? Oh, great. Always fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you got a little souvenir from the... I got a souvenir. Yay. I'm probably getting about three hours sleep a night. Probably. I don't know how you do that. I can only do it there. Okay. You know, because it's just, I get to bed around four, between four and five, and I get up around 9.30. To four, okay. Yeah, it's like five hours sleep. Okay. I, uh, I know. Um, and I got well. bit by, I got stung by jellyfish. What? Yeah. Buried the lead. What happened? Were there just jellyfish in the uh, pool? No, I went and swam. I went to the Cayman Islands, uh, uh, got off, went, went over to a place I used to snorkel. It's about a quarter mile out into the water to a reef. And as I was swimming out to the reef, I could feel the stinging of the jellyfish. Uh, but I'm halfway out there. What am I going to do? And uh, this wealth that grew and grew, and I had to go to the infirmary at oh, no. 5 o'clock in the morning because oh. I had just come home from the jam. So Of course, because uh, nothing's going to keep you from your jam. No. And, no. Uh, the, 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 for all of you out there listening who might encounter jellyfish in the future, White vinegar. Uh, the infirmaries that take a washcloth have will have guest services send you white vinegar to your room and uh, had like laid on there for about ten minutes. Take two ibuprofen. She said, "I'm going to call you at nine. It's like five thirty. I'm like, "Okay, we'll call you at nine a.m. Make sure see how you're doing." And I woke up. I go, "Hold me, look." You know, I uh, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Great. I remember on a one season of Survivor yes. with Nurse John and Kathy, and Kathy peed on him. And I guess this, and people were yeah. uh, telling about a, a, an episode of Friends. Where there was a similar situation oh, okay. with the urinating on it, which is not true. It is. Oh, a, it's not true. It is not but true. That, he was he was a nurse. I remember and Nurse yeah, John. Well, mm-hmm. I can't even remember what season it was. Very early on. Yeah, I trust. Now me. we're like on Survivor, like eighty four. Yeah, where probably. We are right I've watched now. every one of them. I know so you have. I remember that well. But yeah, there's no truth to it because um, everybody on the boat was like, you know, did somebody have to come pee on you? No, no one's gonna pee on my thigh. <laughs> Thank you very much. White vinegar. Anyway. White vinegar, that'll do the trick. Mm-hmm. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Well, I'm glad that you're back, basically, in, be one, back. in one piece. Hey, did you know what? I heard that Taylor Swift's boyfriend is going to be playing at a, uh, an Usher concert I heard tonight. I about that. Yeah. I'm not should, clear what it's all about. I don't know, but, but it should be kind of fun. Yeah, it'll be Way fun. Way to go. Tyler, is that his name? No. Devin? No. Travis. Yeah. Isn't it Travis? It is Travis. Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. who are in the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. They're playing in Vegas, and apparently somebody buried a Kansas City Chiefs flag under the stadium of the Raiders in Nevada because that's who plays in Nevada. Right. Uh, and that's and they have a big rivalry. And they buried a flag? Paul's giving you a head rod right now. You did good. Thank you. Oh, what's yes. with the flag? What, is that supposed to be bad luck, good luck? Well, because there's a uh, there's there's a rivalry as as a football fan. Uh-huh, yeah. There's Tell a there's a rivalry Scott. between the uh, uh the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas uh Raiders, who formerly of the Oakland Oh, and he's a Raiders, Raiders fan, of course. He's a Raiders fan and there's a rivalry there and uh-huh. apparently somebody buried a Chiefs uh-huh. flag. There now it's like magical. It's kind of like that Tiki Ooh. Idol from the Brady Bunch. Oh, 
I don't remember the. Tiki. You don't remember the tiki idol from the Brady Bunch? I, I, I can't say. Girl, I you know I can't keep you up on all of the sports. I know. Greg Brady Ward, they found a tiki idol. They all went to Hawaii. It, late, it was Hawaii? a later episode, I'm sure. It was, they went to Hawaii. That was I, when everybody was going I to Hawaii. I remember they went to Hawaii. Everybody yes. went to Hawaii. Charlie's Angels went to Hawaii. Yeah, they all went to the Hawaii. New destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 60s. they found a little tiki idol at a construction site because Mike Brady was doing a new construction project oh, as an architect. As he does. Yes. Yeah. And then they gave it Greg Ward and a surfing contest, and he wiped out. Um, no. Peter wore it, and the tarantula was crawling up him. <gasps> Wow. I know, they, got, they had to go back and bury the tiki idol. I, didn't I know, it got, very, it got very intense. And, they and that's ju- and kind then of they what's happening. And shark, and that was the end of it. So. There was no shark jumping. That was happy days. That was happy days. <laughs> that was, that was, happy, that days. was happy days. Yeah, they didn't have that's to go. That's where the term came. Did they go to Florida, to Hawaii for that one? Or maybe yeah, that was just in Lake when, Michigan. When Fonzie jumped the shark. Fonzie jumped the shark in, in Lake Michigan, right off of Milwaukee. There we are. Anyway, we've got a good show for you today. Let's get to that. But yeah, look, Grammy and Oscar nominated Sufjan Stevens' acclaimed album, Illinois, is transformed by Tony Award winning director choreographer Justin Peck into a new kind of musical called Illinois. It's now playing at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. We both saw it. Oh, Beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. Enjoyed it very much. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We're going to be chatting with uh, cast member uh, Brian Tittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. What a dance. Like, wow. He does an amazing dance number. God, I, I don't know about the night you were there, but he got a huge ovation on oh, Thursday yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there an opening. Of yeah, I'm sure they gave it a huge ovation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. Mm. He's great. Yeah. Fabulous. Look forward to talking Fabulous, to him. of course. And one of your favorites, Ellen Miller, yes. Teatro Zanzani, has returned to Chicago with a spectacle of unforgettable performances and sumptuous cuisine with love, chaos, and dinner. And ringmaster and MC Carissa Hendricks, a.k.a. Lucy Darling, uh, is going to be uh, chatting with us she in the second so hour. She is so fantastic. A magician. She's a great magician. And comedian. She's a comedian. And her improv skills are fantastic, as mm-hmm. was evidenced the night I was, uh, Kathy and I went to see uh, her at Teatro Zanzani. A few weeks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really so cool. we're excited to chat with her. Uh, and of course, we're going to get into some of the kooky pants news that has been going mm-hmm. on this week mm-hmm. and everything. And we would love uh, to hear from you. So give us a call at 773 763 9278. The number again is 773 763 9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook where we are coming at you live. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, give us a click and a like and a share and all that good stuff. Uh, but if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on WCPT 820. And while you're at it, Follow WCBT and our sister station, Heartland Signal, on Facebook, Instagram. I'm going to call it Zitter. Zitter? Yeah. X. Mm-hmm. X. X. And the TikToks. There you go. So, Helen Miller, what's so good time aside from the jellyfish? Yeah, there aside was... from the jellyfish, uh, great time. You know, this, this boat is like a same time next year situation. I mean, we, I know so many of the people, I, I guess... It was my 25th. They sent me a certificate for $250 off on the next cruise. This is my 25th of Blues Cruise. Wow. And uh, it's always great. My friend Billy Branch and his wife Rosa. Billy is a world-renowned harmonica player, my mentor and dear friend. He was on board and his wife, which makes it extra fun for me. And, uh, you know... Great harmonica players. I mean, I'm just in awe of the harmonica. You know, you think you're decent and you see these guys. It's like, wow, you feel like, take me back to school. Uh, But I got to play with a guy named Mr. Sip. His real name is Castro. I forget his last name. But Mr. Sip is, he was Grammy nominated, as were a ton of people on the ship. 
And um, several of them got off in the Cayman Islands on Friday, including Mr. Sip, because they were nominated for Grammys and they flew to L.A. from Cayman Islands. Uh-huh. So one minute, you know, we're all together jamming till four o'clock in the morning. Then we were all hugging him well. And he got up early the next morning, got off the ship. And he won one of the two Grammys he was nominated for. Amazing! Uh, but he he hosts a jam that starts at 1.30 a.m. Uh, upstairs in the crow's nest. Okay. And he it's called the Sugar Shack. And uh, Mr. Sip Sugar Shack. And it's like so... He, he's like a gospel-tinged blues artist. You know, he gets like... Yeah, I don't know. You know, we kind of go to church with him, as uh-huh, we said. Uh-huh. And last year when he started this jam... Uh, the ship started it, and he's the host. I he took a liking to me, and I played every night. And this year, I thought, was he going to remember? Me? He did, and I played every night. How fun! With him till about four in the morning. Wow! And the jams were just incredible. You're on stage with just some amazing, amazing musicians, and the crowd that's up between like one thirty and four is a very special. Group. They're they're a fun group of people. They're I'm sure. Group. I know, like all of them on a first day. Of all, course, it's like the same group for like twenty five years. It's up. Late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those that are still with us. So anyway, always a highlight for me. And uh, you know, one night I'm jamming with uh, you know a Grammy nominee, and two you know forty eight hours later he's a Grammy, Grammy winner. Grammy winner and. Uh, some some of the members of the sh- uh, uh, some other people didn't win, but John Primer from Chicago and his band they were nominated. Uh, Kingfish, he's an up and coming amazing guitar player, young man. He didn't win, but it's an honor to be nominated. And, yes, of course. Uh, it was good to be among all that talent all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really special. You yeah. Know? So um, I'm just trying to wrap my head around like. Okay, so when you get, you go to bed very late, yeah, and then you get up at nine. I have we have room service knock on our door about nine thirty, nine to nine thirty with our breakfast. Okay, that's kind of the way. But usually we let them in, they lay it down, and we go back to sleep till about ten. Okay, <laughs> and then so when does all is there music just like all day? Well, if you're like it's, what uh, is things start around eleven. Uh, like there's workshops and and things that start around eleven, and then the other uh, acts start around twelve forty-five in the you know okay. afternoon, and then they go until about seven six thirty, and then p- there's a break for dinner, and they and pick- start about eight something again. The band start again. All right, till about twelve. And like, and how many? Like, I'm just I'm, I'm really yeah. just trying to wrap my brain around this because like I just oof. That just sounds like a marathon, and I'd be so freaking tired. Well, yeah, Kathy one on one. She's like, I need, I did it, I saw it, I liked it, but never again. No, I don't. I can't do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe one more time. Maybe for twenty six. Yeah. Hey, you got a coupon? I I got a coupon. coupon. Come on, we got a coupon. I already signed up for next year. Of course you did. I'm going to look at the the lineup and see how the lineup. Yeah, whatever. You're just like I'm going to go. I'm in. I know, but yeah, it's it's it's. So, like, how many venues, like, is it all... There are probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six to seven venues at a time going on. So now, are they, like, actual, like, performance venues, or are they something that they've changed into a performance venue? Yeah. The Holland America, which is the cruise line that uh, is chartered by the legendary Rhythm and Blues Cruise Uh Company... Uh, they have come to love what we do. In fact, their new ships incorporated a blues, they call it B.B. King's Blues Lounge, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of based on their experience of having us on board for all these years. So there's 
there are there's the venue. There's always a theater is, you know, on right, this cruise yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. So the theater is there. The BB King Blues there's there. Uh, there's a piano bar that's there. It's got to be a piano bar. It's got to be like some sort of comedy there's another, thing. There's an ocean. There, and there's two or three other. But they also build stages on both p- the pool that's in the middle of the ship where that has a retractable roof. Uh-huh. They build a stage there. And then on the back of the ship, there's another pool that they cover up. And they put the dance floor on that top of the pool and they erect another stage. So they erect... Two outdoor two stages. Two outdoor stages as well as the other. the other venues that are already there. And they, yeah. give, they give the uh, band the week off, but so many of the musicians that are there, they just, they come, they come to the jam. They just come to the jam, yeah. Because they're like, you know, the, the, you know, like a Taj Mahal and Kev Mo and Kenny Wayne Shepherd and, you know, all these amazing musicians on board yeah. that they usually don't get on board. So they, they want to get in on it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them are jamming as well. So it's, feels to me kind of like it is like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival on a large boat. Yeah, it is. It's something like, yeah, like, it is. There's just stuff that you can see at all, Constantly. all different times yeah, of day. The, the yeah. problem, there's bands, Scott, that I don't get it. I think I'm going to see them. That each band plays a minimum of three times. Uh-huh. I don't get to see everybody. It's just that busy. There's stuff, yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, I get it. And when it first started out, they didn't have as many bands, and I'd bring my guitar, and we'd sit in my room, and we, our cabin, and we'd you know, have jams and stuff. There's, 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 we run into the room, we get a refreshment, you know, have yeah. a hit of the vape, and then go, you go. <laughs> go back out there. And, uh, you know, there's just no downtime. I mean, it's... Yeah. You feel like if you lay down for a minute, you're missing an amazing... Well, you are also the queen of FOMO. Like you are, you are the queen of that FOMO. Whole, that whole ship is the queen of FOMO. Queens of FOMO are on that ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like, I can see how it would just be really magical because, like, you know, my my place. If if I could, mm-hmm. I would spend every August in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I would. Like, the it's, French fest. It yeah. is just amazing. It is three weeks long, so that's financially impossible. Yeah, it's a lot me. of time. A lot of time to be there. But it's like it, it's. Like I mean, theater groups, comedy groups, music come from like, all over the world to Edinburgh. I know and, people that have performed there, and they just rave about the yes, experience. Yes, I, I I have performed there, and I, mean, I brought students the there. Yeah. Oh yeah, well it's just magical because like you're walking around, and in that place, you know, uh, every if it is flat mm-hmm. and can have some sort of raised seating, they turn it into a theater. Yeah. You know, and you see the most bizarro, cool things. Like I saw a show in the electrical room underneath a bridge. Oh my God. Um That's... and it was a puppet show about this underwater it was this crazy underwater adventure uh-huh. it felt kind of it felt very wes anderson oh. you know that sort of mm-hmm. like quirky sort of thing and it combined puppetry and uh animated projections and things uh and it literally was just a ball and a glove so the ball was like his diving helmet mm-hmm. and the glove was his body mm-hmm. and it was this love story and i'm weeping and you're still by thinking the about it, it all these years, all these later, years. yeah 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 it i impacted mean, you oh great yeah i saw one was like my first year that I went, which was back in, oh, God, 95? Was yeah, it 95? Only 29 years ago. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Was it real? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I no. know, because Kathy and I met oh, in 95, no. so I always know exactly how many years it is. Yeah, but I, the, there, I remember there was this uh, uh, group from Australia called Club Swing. They were, uh, uh, it was an all-lady trapeze like aerialist Ooh. act um and the the show was called appetite 
and it was an all-lady rock soundtrack. They were doing some oh. some lady stuff. Really? Oh, it was some. It was sexy women mm-hmm. being like these were women who were not afraid to take up space. They were tall. They were curvy. Mm-hmm. They were coarse. And they were th- flying around on trapezes. Flying around trapezes, simulating Whoa. things up there that are only happen on certain websites. <laughs> and I was like, wow. There you go. Something else that is etched in your there, memory I know. It, well, it was great because I remember this one lady. She was bald and she had a little tiny top hat and she cursed. <laughs> and she was corseted and bosoms and she was walking around. And she put strawberries in her decolletage. Mm-hmm. And then she'd grab somebody's the man's face and just shove it on like eat it, eat a strawberry. Yeah, sure. Yep. And then I saw like a group of French clowns. Oh God! That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But the same I guess vibe. It sounds, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Same vibe, but yeah. at least I can move around. Yeah. But it's a big ship, I guess. It is a big ship. There we go. I got a lot of steps in. Well, there we go. And I try to take the steps up and down, nine stories. I don't know if Ten, I can eleven. Do a I'm talking I twelve know if I stories. Do a You can do a cruise. cruise. I would only do a cruise that has a music theme like this because this is such a vibe. Didn't you do a jazz one too? I felt like you did a. I did the the New Orleans in November. That's what it was. And several of those bands had been on the blues cruise too. So it was just kind of like die. It was to hold you over until February. It was like jazz fest on the water, which is a combination of blues and zydeco and And all kinds of stuff. Which I really I love that one. Except there were no jams on that one. Kathy goes, when I got home from that one, she goes, oh, my God, you've got your voice. You're well rested. I go, yeah, there weren't. There was nothing to do after midnight. So, you know, <laughs> I was, I had she to go says, to bed. disappointedly. <laughs> I, I was. You know, I was. Look, this is the difference. Like, right now, I'm entering into my, my grandma gay era because mm-hmm. uh, Jerry and I went to the World of Chocolate. Oh, I know. Uh, on Friday the night. The big gala for AIDS Foundation Chicago. We went there on Friday night. It was, thank you so much for having us. We, Loved every second of it. Um, every always, bite of it. Oh my gosh, so much chocolate. I like chocolate, but I do OD on it. I mean, there's only like. There's a lot of chocolate. Yeah. And the thing that was really weird, like, I, I kept telling Jerry, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Because we I was passing judgment. Mm-hmm. I was a judge. Yes. I was official judge. You're entitled to pass there judgment. Um, and I was like, look, here's the deal. We gotta, you got to go like Top Chef. You know, you can take like, take two bites and then throw the rest out. Mm-hmm. But. It's hard when you really like it. Well, it's hard when you really like it, and it's also it's really hard when they're standing there. Oh, looking at you. Looking at you. And I you just go, made this. And you can't, like, <laughs> throw it out. Yeah. You know? You're like, uh. So we ended up eating. Everything. Everything. God, how'd you feel the next day? Okay. Better. Yeah, we were okay. okay. Yeah, because we, we were able, I was able to, like, eventually we were like, okay, just couple bites and throw away. Eventually you had to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it it was a beautiful event. Got to see a whole bunch of people. Saw like Shannon Parker from uh, the new new, uh, CEO of Brave Space Alliance. Uh, Ran into her. Ran into Ken Mejia Beal. Yeah, I saw a lot of people I knew on Facebook that were there. Yeah, Yeah. it was just like running into a lot of folks. It was kind of great. And for a good cause. And for a great cause. They raised some good money. Uh, People had some good food. Uh, There was a big old punch wall, of course. And, you know, it was just, it was super duper fun. And you guys looked at Adorable. We were adorable, but then we were also home by eight o'clock. Oh, it was an early event, huh? We had to be there at five. Oh, because judging started at five fifteen, and it's over by eight. It was going on until nine, but like we just had so much chocolate, and like and and Jerry doesn't drink, so it was one of those things where like, uh, now you're done. We're like, all right, well, you know, we we did the things, we we saw everything, we saw all the people, we so we're like, I gotta go home. Mm -hmm. 
it was good. You're the first one to leave, Emma. I was at a party last night. I was one of the last ones to leave. I try not to be. Girl, again, it's the FOMO. Well, I, it's just I keep running into people on the way out the door. It's just hard. Yeah, well, you it's know? hard being pretty and popular. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's true. I've been it's around town a long time, so I, I know a bunch of people. Yeah, indeed. Anyway. Indeed. Well, hopefully you remembered all of them. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get some of the names confused? Maybe a little bit. Maybe your pretty... memory is. Maybe your memory is going. No, I was pretty good. Yeah, okay, it's pretty so. good on the names. Well, there we go. I'm yeah. sure some, just like somebody else, had a difficult yeah, week with the memory, memory and stuff. Has been... Well, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, about which we'll that. get into that after this break because uh, I'm so glad that you are back. Thank I'm you. I'm so Scott. glad that it was a, uh, another uh, week that fills your <sighs> fills the well, Thank inspires you. creativity, mm. uh, and it's just. It, I know you always come back a changed woman. Okay. You're just like you're you're. Just happy and have a little bit of a cold. <laughs> always, always, <laughs> always. Sadly. Well, we got to take a break, but before we do that, yes. this part of Out Chicago is brought to you by Team Hockberg. If your mortgage interest rate starts with a seven, you need to call Team Hockberg, your trusted local lender. Interest rates have dropped since peaking in October, and Fed Chairman Powell anticipates three rates drops rate drops this year. If you secured a thirty-five a thirty-year fixed mortgage after June of twenty. 2022, your rate starts with the seven. Now, Team Hochberg has contacted all their borrowers with rates in the sevens and are preparing them to refinance when the rates drop. If your lender hasn't contacted you because they're either out of business or let's just say they're just lazy, uh, mm-hmm. you need to call Team Hochberg now at 855-563-2843 to prepare to refinance into a lower rate. If you want to work with a lender who will monitor your mortgage and contact you when rates drop, Call Team Hochberg, 855-563-2843, or visit 56david.com. Team Hochberg has helped thousands of WCPT listeners, but they can't help if you don't call 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That number again is 855-563-2843 or visit 56david.com. Lower.com, Equalizing Lender, NMLS 1124061. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, there's more Out Chicago right here on WCPT. I'm David Dodd with the Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller rolling along Mm -hmm. on this superb owl. (laughs) It's a superb owl. Superb owl day. Weekend. Day. Yes. Day. Yes. There we are. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that later. The superb owl. Mm -hmm. The superb owl. The superb owl. The big gay. The big game. Yeah, you know, you can't call it. I know. You have to call it the big game. Mm-hmm. Okay I know that you. well from many years in yeah, radio. The superb <laughs> owl. Superb owl. I like that. I love it. It's, it's very, it's very also keeping in line with, you know, just wisdom. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, knowledge. Betting. Yeah, I don't get squares. I don't understand. What oh, do you, squares I don't... are the best because it's random. You have no skill involved. It's just that. Okay, I'd be perfect happens. for it. Yeah, you would. Great. That's why I like it so much. But I, I don't like to gamble. Well, it's like you know, five dollars or two dollars a square. Not five dollars a square. You buy like two squares. 
Okay. You know, you spend ten. What happens with the squares? So after the the squares are all filled in, of which there are a hundred, uh-huh. uh, and you you uh, tr- you draw out of a hat numbers zero to nine, and you as you pull them, you go down one column the numbers and then across. Right. And then you see where you land. If you land at like uh, seven for the Chiefs and zero. For the 49ers, if at the end of the first quarter, you get if the score is you get a prize. seven to zero, you win. Uh, a, well, it depends on how, usually it's a quarter of the pot. Oh, you know some of them do it differently. Um, but yeah, you you win oh. money for each quarter depending oh, on what the score is. Gambling that's gambling. What the score is. So if it's ten to seven. You would, and you're zero. It's the second number, whatever the second number is of the actual score. Oh, okay. So I've always loved the game. I, I was in charge of the squares when I worked at XRT for all the years. Great. Yes, yes, I yes. Of course, them that, up that to makes, the minute. of course, you were. Come on, we got to fill this hundred squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do it. Do pressure, get pressure. You there know? we are. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And so uh, I guess they did them here, but you know, I, we're not here during the week, so I wasn't able to participate. Well, you. I'm it's sure a, you can it, find. It gives you something to root I'm for. I'm sure when you can you find somebody. A friend of mine at work, she's like, Four Moon Tavern had squares. So oh. she's like, I mean, you could probably go and like. Maybe I'll go to Will's, my find, neighborhood bar. Yeah, go to your neighborhood bar. I'm See, sure there's, they've got some they squares might have or something. I can jump in on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. That'll be great. It's not the worst problem in the world, but. No, it's not. No. <laughs> no, it's not the worst problem in the world is here. Well, not really, but well, it's like, so girl, many, so many there's issues. so many things. This has been just like one heck of a doozy week that's going on. It did not, there was, okay, so it should have been a good news. Yes. But it turned into icky news mm-hmm. with President Biden uh, because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland on Thursday released a report by Robert Kerr, who was the, uh, Robert Herr, rather, who is the special counsel uh, that Garland had uh, assigned to investigate how those classified documents ended up in uh, an office formerly used by President Biden in Delaware. Uh, And then he wrote, we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We would reach the same conclusion even if the Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president. So good news. Right. That right? was good news. That, that part was good news. Good, good news. Uh, uh, but then, for some reason, he went in and started attacking Biden's mental acuity, mm-hmm. saying that his memory, uh, quote, appeared to have significant limitations. And whoa, boy, did the did Bago just latch right onto that of one? Of course they did. Didn't they? I mean, it's it was. I don't. Uh, <sighs> How dare he? You know, like, who are you to diagnose yeah. like this? He has memory problems that he's able to do this. So people are calling him that he has dementia, that he has Alzheimer's or whatever it is. You know, it, it was just. Well, with an economy doing as well as it is, uh, you know, we hit 5000 Friday in the stock market. The gas prices have you know gotten reasonable. They're grasping at straws here because, you know, he's doing good things. Well, but it's working. That's the, the straw grabbing is is working. You know that—that's the thing that, that that's really what gets me. They're really good at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's so strange to me. Like, uh, there were just many, many emotions were were mm-hmm. bubbling up with me mm-hmm. about that. As somebody who lost their a parent to dementia, mm-hmm. it's like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. How dare you diagnose somebody right. with like and throwing that that term around without like really giving thought as to what that experience is like. 
you know? I, it's like, no, this is not dementia. The man just got out. Like, when, during the, all of these interviews, apparently, like, there were a couple of them, and I believe the first or second happened right around October, October 7th. Uh, yeah, on that on, day. On that day. Yes. He had been spending five hours, you know, like, hours on like trying to understand what's going on, talking with world little leaders. Distracted. Little distracted. And could you, have you ever gotten off of a business call and then having to go like, okay, right, so... Tell me about this. Yeah, your mind uh, is. And and I heard on the morning shows uh, today, his personal lawyer was on and uh, said that some of the questions were misleading and they were formed in an odd way. And it just seemed like they were trying to catch him, you know, um, that they were looking for something like, you know. Like what Comey did to Hillary. I mean, that was horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that torpedoed her. You know that that happened like a week before the election or something. This this will be forgotten. But he does need to get out there, I think, and be more present and talk more. You know, get people's mind, put my, people's minds at ease. That you know, of course, he's going to make mistakes and fumble. But you know, the guy that they're supporting, he didn't even couldn't even recognize his former wife in a photo. I know. So, you know, know. why is that okay? Uh, Well, and then Dude Man, every time he goes to a rally, he talks about basically how he's running against Against Obama. Obama, Uh, He brags that he passes these cognitive tests that nobody else could bragging about it. Pass. He said Nancy Pelosi was, you know, involved in the insurrection. I mean, no, that Nikki Haley was involved in the insurrection. He also (laughs) said Nancy Pelosi was. Yeah, and confusing Nikki Haley, like, for Nancy Pelosi. Can't forget, Biden's going to leave us into World War II. Oh, that's right. World War II. I mean, that's says, great. He has a gaffe every single day. Yeah. Uh, and says ridiculous, stupid things. But oh, did you hear okay. about how he's the the latest stupid thing that came out of this man's mouth when he was in South Carolina? Because the primaries are tomorrow. About NATO? Yeah, about NATO mm-hmm. and about how, like, if they're not people, NATO countries haven't paid the bill, then Russia should go Just and attack. Go Just and go and get them. Want. Do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever you need to do. Like what? Yeah, to our allies. Yeah. Yeah, this is what you're going to be, you know, ushering in if you elect a Donald Trump for president. This kind of mentality. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. You know, I also most people have made up their minds. We've been through this election before. It's not like uh, you know we know that the, who who's running very well, both of them. It's the ones that it's it's attracting young and new voters to be excited about voting, for example, for a Biden, you know. I'm just worried that people are going to just sit it out. That's my biggest fear. Yeah, that people uh, aren't going to show they're up. They're not going to feel, you know, inspired by this matchup, uh, especially if you're, you know, the people we want to come out and vote for, for Biden. You just have to keep hitting hard on the fact that you've got to keep Donald Trump away from the presidency if you care about democracy. Yeah. And you've got to vote for Biden. If he's the guy on in November that's running, you got to vote for him. Yeah. And I've a lot of... You know, there was a, a a thing going around, at least during the primaries, about people who were like they were writing in, in writing in candidates, mm-hmm. and you know, and writing in ceasefire <laughs> for that. I'm like, yeah. and I get that. Like, I understand how you're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, I get it. However, that's not going to. How much of a message do you think that it really is going to right to impact? You know, got to get beyond that and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's. Uh, but it you is, should I, I? You know, something else I, I didn't realize. I, you know, I got back. 
you know, the president has an opportunity to speak before the Super Bowl. They give them that opportunity. And it's a huge audience. And Biden passed on it. And, you know, I remember Obama did it and Trump never, uh, he never, uh, you know, rejects an idea, an opportunity for him to speak on television. And I don't know why Biden did. did he talk? I mean, I, I think clearly he, I don't watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know. yeah he did. Um, okay. But I don't know. I don't remember if Biden did it last year or whatever, but I know he should. This is a year when if he's given the opportunity to speak to, to millions, millions of, of people, people, just do it. He should have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it didn't have to be politicized, but just to show that he's here and he's with it and he's present and, you know, and maybe make a few witty you know, com- comments about the game. But he, he chose not to. So. He needs to be getting out in he front of people has, and, proving, and owning out, it a little bit. You but know? he also, like, there's a lot going on. Well, there's <laughs> you know? a lot. And he there's a lot right. going on and right he, now. And he cares about what's going on. And he cares you about know, what's going on. What, and, the other candidate just cares about getting his mug on television and saying whatever comes to his mind. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I mean, got a lot of months ahead of us. So we're yeah, gonna, we uh, we uh, do. But in, in, in terms of this whole situation yeah. with this report and everything, uh, Biden's lawyers... Um, they, as you, apparently they're on the, the morning shows this morning, they're making the rounds, but they said that the prosecutors of their observations are inaccurate, um, and gratuitous for a report finding insufficient evidence to bring charges. They wrote the president's inability to recall dates or details of events that happened years ago is neither surprising or unusual, especially given that many questions asked him to recall the particulars of staff work to pack, ship, and store materials and furniture in the course of moves between residences. There are a lot of, uh, you know, gotcha kind of questions. Yeah, it gotcha like. questions. And, and again, let's look at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. These interviews happened right when all of this stuff was happening over yeah. in Gaza. The, emerging big, emerging huge, big huge things that were, people were happening. They're asking... Did you remember your staff member that packed that box? Yeah, do you remember Bob? <laughs> Do you think Bob knew what he was doing? Do you think Bob knew what he was doing when he was packing up that thing into a box? And, oh, wait, one of the big differences is that as soon as, you know, DOJ said, hey, there's some stuff here. They're like, great, we are open, we're transparent. Here, come, let's fix this. Please, take everything. There's nothing top secret. There's some confidential, but there's nothing... But please take it, as opposed to the other dingus who's hiding it, who's <laughs> hiding it, who lied about it, who spent, who kept telling them like, "Come on in and take stuff," and then kept stuff. Mm-hmm. And they think he might still have things. He probably still has things. He left them in like, not a private residence, but a club, yeah, in the ballroom and in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't under the, this the weird outrage. Of 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 going after Biden and not like seeing what what the Republicans did. are better at being mean and horrible. <laughs> they keep they they're stir really it good up. at mean and horrible. They are really good at it. They're very good at it. <sighs> Why do we have to take the high road? Why do we have to take? The when we take the high road and look where it gets us. Hopefully, hopefully it's in the White House again. House again but, but man, oh man, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. We're gonna take a break because that's that. just too much. <laughs> it's just too much. I mean, I don't like this. He's, uh, I, ugh. I just every time I, I think know, of yes. that that poo stain, I just get mad. Oh, I know, me too. Anyway, we're gonna to, take a break, know. and when we come back, there's more out Chicago, and I'm just gonna be grumpy for a couple of minutes, be. and you then can. I'll be happy. And then you'll be ready. All right, there we go. All right, uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Uh-huh. 
everybody. This is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. And you are listening to Out Chicago WCPT. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here and Ella Miller rolling along. Mm-hmm. I need to switch topics because I can't talk. Yes, let's do that. Let's, but let's go back to because you were on a boat filled with uh, Grammy nominees yep. and Grammy winners. Yes, indeed. I remember you were texting me like on Sunday when you were flying home. Like, my friends just won a Grammy it, and I was just with them. And it was yeah. like, like that's had to be the coolest feeling it, in the world. Like It was. And my friends Buckwheat Zydeco Jr., I used to play with Buckwheat quite a bit. They yeah. weren't on the, this cruise. They've been on many. The, uh, Buckwheat's son did his first record, and he won a Grammy. And I was uh, the plane had just landed, and we hadn't uh, got off yet. And I was like, I like, I'm tearing up. I want to like scream. Like, These are my friends. These are the guys I play with. But that's, uh, yeah, so I was really happy for them. That's really amazing happy for them. Well, and I was also really happy for the ladies. What, Women I love, I love the ruled show. The they night ruled. too. They ruled the they night. Ruled the night. Uh, of course. As you know, we are huge Joni fans mm-hmm, both of us. here, and her performance of Both Sides Now was just what, sublime. Like, when there she is on her throne, mm-hmm. slowly revealing her, and wow. I know. It was just a great Wow. Moment. Never 80... had sung at the Grammys before. No, that was her first. She'd never been to the Grammys before. I think Didn't she, she? she's but she's won awards in the past and she's been there, I believe, to accept the awards. I don't years ago, but she never sang because she won for Turbulent Indigo, but I don't think she was there. She was never there. No, she Joni so. put her foot down because she, oh. I believe, I can okay. I'm have to fact check. Well, yeah, we'll have to fact Google. checkers check it out. I'll Google, yeah. Uh, but I think because she. You know, right, rightfully so, has felt snubbed by the music industry for right. most of her career, sure. you know, and like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all this sort of stuff. And she's like, no, what's the point? And right. I remember she did, I believe, wasn't Turbulent Indigo was the one that kind of surprised everybody when it won Album of the Year? I believe. Yes, it, it, yes I think you're right. Yes. And I don't think she was there to, as like her own little thing. Hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll look I'm that up. I'm not sure. I'm not going to claim that I know the answer. To I, that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I might just be talking. Oh, out of my face. That's okay. But there you go. But she, her performance was so wonderful. And that song, uh, what? took on new meaning, didn't it? I mean, to have her, the the young soprano singing that, you know, back in the day when the song first came out. Right uh, now. And then now the with the age and the wisdom and it just yeah the a- gravitas behind it. And just to hear her. Her new voice, you know, that smoky baritone that mm, she has, it's mm-hmm. just was like, it just was a gut punch. It was so it good. Was. I was crying through that. Just saw, I mean, just tears, you know, coming down. It was just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then to have like Lucius, you know, sitting over yeah, there on the couch. And great. of course, Brandy. <clears throat> Brandy. Brandy and... Carlisle. I mean, just like it, that image alone to see like the different generations of women musicians and songwriters yeah. up there. Like that, that right there was so inspiring. It was. It was. And, and just like you said, like, you know, coming from an 80 year old now, you know, to hear. I've looked at clouds from both yeah, sides now. Yeah. Whoa. She looked at it from one side when she wrote it. Now yeah. She's and she's on the other, side, the other side. And it's it. like, wow. Yeah. It was everybody. I mean, that's any kind of Joni fan was just completely moved by that performance. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the yeah. internet exploded. It and did. Like, uh, but not quite as much as the internet exploding when Tracy Chapman 
was on performing Fast Car with, oh, I forget his name. Luke Combs. Who? Luke Combs. Luke Combs. There we are, that country guy. Uh, yeah, performing Fast Car. Uh, you know, I got to hand it to him. He uh, he, he was he was deferential and respectful and just, well, you know. Well, he should because his cover, it he didn't do any, he sang the song. But at least he, he you know, he you know cares I mean? enough about it to oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Like, here's, here's the thing. Like, A, when you're doing a cover of a song, I always think, it, in my opinion, that you should put your spin on it. You know, you yeah. should put your your flavor. You need to reinterpret this mm -hmm. song, or not reinterpret, just interpret the way it is. His version of Fast Car is great. Mm -hmm. It's the song. It is, mm -hmm. I mean, almost like inflection for inflection. Mm -hmm. There's like maybe a little different with like the instrumental, but it was like it is a tribute to that song. And as you said, hats off to him for having like, yes, of course you should have Tracy Chapman do it because. She wrote it. She sang it. She sang it the exact same way. Like you were just copying her, you know. But it was, th you so know, it sounded like. But one thing he did was that song came out like 38 years ago, and uh -huh. he brought it to a whole new oh, audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not pooing yeah. him. Uh, I'm saying like it was great that she was up there, but she should have been up there because oh, yeah. because that song is just so ah, uh, so amazing. I've always loved that song, and. Apparently, they did two rehearsals, three and four hours. They rehearsed that song. I read the New York Times article. Really? Yeah, they did two different rehearsals. One was three hours, one was four hours. For that one yes, song? Yes, for that one song. Well, no wonder. Why? Just to you get know. on the same page. I think I also heard it, uh, it was done a little bit in a lower key than he did it, and... They just wanted to make it perfect. That was her. You know, she hadn't done, she hadn't performed in a long time, and he was there for it. And they rehearsed, and they had some of the same players that were on the original uh, were on stage that were on on Tracy's recording, yeah, including trivia Larry Klein, who is the mm -hmm. former husband of Joni Mitchell. Oh, well, and Larry look at that. Klein and Joni were together for many years, and he played bass on the uh, original version of Fa uh, Fast Car, and he was on stage uh, last Sunday night. Along with another musician whose name I can't remember, but um, yeah, they worked at it. it. That's why it just was so. Per I'm like, wow, they they really got it, you know. But you, but you don't think about who would have guessed they would have rehearsed it that much. But, I know that's what I mean. Like that but, is, but you know, lot they they rehearsal. wanted it to be perfect, of and course. and it was because especially she hadn't performed in so long, so well, she, she probably she wanted the comfort on level. That a, that sort of then like arena, you know what I mean? Like she has, she's performed, a little but just bit. not like a but, little bit. Yeah, she she's just living like in San Francisco. Years, no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So I get that. Yeah, Jerry and I actually saw her out in the wilds of San Francisco. You did? You ran into her? Yeah, we were at a. We were out to dinner one night. Uh, we were in San Francisco. We were out to dinner. And we're like, um, that's Tracy Chapman over there in the corner. On a, we think on a date. It was very cute, mm. and the entire time we're just trying to like. Not stare at Tracy Chapman because I love her. Mm -hmm. That album's great, the first album. Oh, I and then the, the uh, what was it? Oh, Give Me One Reason. Yeah. That, which was her, the big hit off of her second album, mm -hmm. uh, that was originally on the first album. And they're like, no, we don't like that song. No, and, and look what happened. Really what happened to that? Our, we cover that song in our band. And I do um, Talking About a Revolution when I do an acoustic show. It's mm -hmm. just still a very powerful song. You know, I saw her many times, and I saw her in a real small venue at Northwestern many years ago. And 
you know, when when you're young and you're seeing an artist that you love and you, you don't get much love, the songs are great, but she was not connecting in any way with the audience as far as talking to them. You yeah. Know, some, some performers are a lot better at it than others. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I was a little put off by her... By her, just kind of like I'm going to stand and sing songs. Yeah, yeah. You know the banter because you want more. You know when you love, yeah. you want to, you want to get into their personality. When you yeah. want to, but now I understand. She's you know, shy. She's just oh yeah, she's shy. You know, but her she always did a great job singing. She just didn't really talk to the audience very yeah. much. But I would love to go see her again. Maybe this will spur her on to want a tour. She's, I mean, that's the her mm. her version of the song as you heard Going also on, is shot way up on the on the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is All great right, news. Come on, so, good yeah. for her. I know she made a lot of money. Thank you. She did for that. Thank she you. She did. Just like Kate Bush. With oh Run yeah. That hell, when that came, yeah, that came when back that out. was resurrected on the uh-huh. TV show. Uh, Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. And uh, Annie Lennox doing uh, the tribute to Sinead O'Connor. Uh huh. It was very cool. I love her. I love her too. She uh, had that tear. She had a glitter tear. Tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, on her, and she. And the only, I think, statement, political statement, uh, she's asked for a ceasefire. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that was in keeping with Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. You know, which yeah. she would have done something similar, I'm sure. But, you know, I think people, usually in election years, these, these award shows have been full of, you know, political banter and people like expressing their opinion and just kind of making statements, I guess, more than banter, but making a statement. Yeah. I'm not noticing it this year. I think people are just, the country is so divided that they just don't even want to go there, you know? Yeah, and I, but I miss that. I, you I, know? I, I, I miss I, it, too. Uh, it, I miss it's it kind too. of like it gets me, it goes back to, I guess, because, you know, as somebody who is an artist, same mm-hmm. with you, uh, you know, when everybody was, you know, going after athletes, you know, that whole, like, shut up and dribble yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, mm-hmm. like, how? who are you yeah. to to have an opinion to weigh in? You know, and I'm always like, you have a platform. You have people who are listening to you. Look at, dare I say, Taylor Swift. I was about to say the same thing. Taylor Swift, who, you know, th- there's somebody who, like, is stepping into, like, she's just owning it. She's like, look, I'm now my own galaxy. You cannot touch me. And these are my opinions. This is what I I feel is true. And I'm going to share that with you. And that took a lot of chutzpah and courage, you know, Mm -hmm. especially for her coming from Nashville, you know, coming from a country fan base. Mm -hmm. That's really, really... And I, she can make an impact. Uh, yeah. I hope she continues to speak out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, same thing with uh, uh, Miley, mm-hmm. you know, who whose hair. Oh, yeah, that oh, hair was... Oh, my God, was that hair important. was... It was really something. It was very important hair, yes, and it was, <laughs> like, straight from Dynasty. Uh, I believe the New York Times referred to her as, like, uh, Miley Cyrus is slowly becoming Cher, and we're here for it. You know, and I think I agree. Interesting. I know, just because, like, her little Mackie-inspired mm-hmm. little outfit, mm-hmm. her flowers, she had so much fun in that she performance. Did. She won her first Grammy. A lot of people were talking about her performance and really enjoying you it. You know, yeah. she's not my cup of tea, necessarily. No, nor mine, but I appreciate I, you know, I'm like, I'm, but the thing that I do really love about her, talk about an like indefatigable ally to the LGBTQ yeah. plus community. She has been huge in supporting trans rights, uh, yeah. queer rights throughout her entire career. She's just kind of doing, she's doing her thing. And now, now she's a, a, a Grammy winner and all like, and again, the night was, was won by Women. It was. Billie Eilish did a great job. Billie Eilish did. Boy Genius. Boy Genius won. There we are. And then one of the bandmates also won, I forget her name, but she also won another award. 
uh, along with Boy Genius winning awards. So she actually won wow. the most Grammys, I think. Oh, interesting. Night. I know. It, it was, it was. And for us boomer types, it was, you know, for years we were like, oh, I don't know, what the, what is this music? Uh, you know, everybody, <laughs> all my friends on Facebook were just going crazy for the whole thing because it, it spoke to us because it was some of our heroes, finally. Oh, like, yeah, They were yeah, being yeah. recognized, so that was cool. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was a great. Show. I just also love it that it was all, all, all the ladies. Yes, me too. All the ladies. I'm like, go on, take pots. The future is female, everybody. And Billy Joel thrown in for good measure. And Billy Joel thrown in for good measure. Which I enjoyed as well. I mean, come on. It's Billy Joel. Look, it's Billy Joel. Yeah. It's Billy Joel. It's Billy Joel. A singer songwriter. Love him. Billy Joel. Now, will Taylor make it back from Tokyo? Oh, this is what everybody's owl. betting this on. This is what we're all, oh, I bet you there's some squares for that. See when, she, when she's going to land. When, when she lands in What time in, she lands. When, yeah, what leg she steps out first. Yeah, or the uh, right leg yeah, or left leg. Oh, God, that's just <laughs> weird. Look, we're going to regroup, take a break. Yeah. Go ahead and listen to some news. And when we come back, it is the second hour about Chicago right here on WCPT. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. Welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago on this superb owl Sunday. Hoo hoo, hootie hoo is what I said to you. <laughs> hootie hoo. Yeah. Ellen Miller's here. I'm here. There we are. Yes. We're getting our owls oh, ready. We're super Sunday. Superb owl, and then we're going to have mice. I don't know. Don't they eat mice? Oh, uh, yeah, they eat mice. They eat mice. They there we are. Mice. And they're very wise good. and wizened. They are very the, wise. The superb owl is not how you uh, float your boat. I guess you can say it. You're just not supposed to, like, do contests and, and say oh, it. Oh, around, yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can't, like, say you're giving, you know, you can't promote things and make money by uh, using. using. You can refer to it. You just can't. You can't you, call it. You, you can call it the superb owl. Right. There we are. Well, yes, we'll talk more about that. We will, but you know, I would rather, you know, I'd rather spend my time on this lovely Sunday um, talking to people who are like really contributing to our culture and all things, making things lovely and bright around mm. here. Look, we've got a great second hour that's lined up we for sure you. Sure do. Uh, uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with uh, a magician. Does she does she describe herself as a magician or an illusionist? Hmm, I think magician. I think we'll magician and, and sure. comedian. Yes, and she's very funny. And she's very funny. <laughs> she uh, Carissa Hendricks, a.k.a. Lucy Darling. She's the MC and ringmaster of uh, Teatro Zanzani mm -hmm. here in Chicago. Uh, we're going to catch up with her because we've had her on the show when she was doing a show at the Magic Lounge. Yes, we yeah. had, we did early yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Early on, mm -hmm. early on. Uh, but before we do that, holy smokes, my friends. Look, you need to grab a buddy or eight and grab about five boxes of Kleenex and head on down to Navy Pier because Grammy and Oscar-nominated Sufjan Stevens' acclaimed album, Illinois, is... Transform, shall we say transformed? Yes. I mean, it's Definitely. it is it is transformed mm -hmm. by Tony Award-winning mm -hmm. director and choreographer Justin Peck into a new kind of musical called Illinois, and it's now playing at Chicago Shakespeare. Uh, and we are so very fortunate that we happen to have one of the incredibly talented mm -hmm. cast members, uh, Byron Tittle, on the phone right now. Byron, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you 
Thank you, first of all, uh, for this beautiful, beautiful show. Congratulations on this uh, this show. It is just bonkers good. Uh, what? How? You. How are you doing? I'm actually doing very well. Um, you know, the body is feeling wow. feeling the shows. <laughs> yeah, but I'm but I'm on top of the world to be performing in Chicago. Yeah, you should. It is it is absolutely stunning. Um, how would you describe the show to somebody who who was going to be coming to see this? I would describe the show as a visceral experience of music, dance and emotionality um, that can touch anybody wherever they are. I think the beautiful thing about the show that um, Justin and Jackie Sibley's jury, the, the playwright who helped with the story, um, what, what, this, what the story that they made does, it kind of touches you wherever you are in your journey throughout your life. So for me, as a cancer survivor, there are certain things in the show that really touch me every single night. And for some people who have lost a loved one, it touches them. So I think this show can meet you where you at, where you are at, while um, kind of healing a lot of a lot of the hurt that can come with some of the topics that we're touching. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's really beautiful. It's really fun to perform as well. So. I can own. Hey, you look. All of you mm-hmm. looked like you were having the time of your life up there. <laughs> I'm like, no, we are. It's a spectacular cast. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like you could tell. Like, look. One of the things that we pride ourselves here in Chicago is that we are an ensemble town. Like when it comes to our theater, mm-hmm. when it comes to our dance, when it comes to everything. Like we, it is. There is no person is better than anybody else on stage. You were all there as a collective to tell this story and to move the narrative forward. And that shines yeah. through with this Thank company so of Illinois. Um, were you familiar with the album Illinois by Sufjan Stevens, upon which the show is based? Uh, no, actually. Bef- uh, when the album came out, I was still in elementary school. Okay. So I wasn't really curating music myself. Right. I was listening to the radio. My parents and my older siblings were kind of feeding me um, information artistically. Uh-huh. And But when I heard it, I kind of went into this deep hole of kind of who Sufjan is as an artist and what he represents in the music space. And I think that the, the band, also the musicians that are playing and, and expressing themselves and improvising some nights, and it's, it's it just is a through line because I feel like Sufjan is so experimentative. And he has the ability to really, really tell a story very well through, with an album from top to bottom. So, um, so, yeah, you bring to, me to, to mind a question that I had while watching it, Byron, which is telling the mm-hmm. story. You know, a lot of artists, when you ask them, what is that song about? Uh, it isn't always about what the lyrics may pretend that they, pretend that they are about. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, did Sufjan have any... Uh, direct collaboration in, in interpreting his songs with the uh, the people that did the show? Well, as a cast member, um, Justin was the director and choreographer to, for me. Just, yeah. But I know that Justin Justin Peck and Sufjan have known each other for years, and mm-hmm. they, they have talked about the show and at length. And um, I know that Justin let us let us know that Sufjan told him, don't shy away from the darkness of the album. Really be honest with, with what we portray. And I think that freedom to 
detail the complexity in a live show mm-hmm. was extremely was extremely extremely important for Sufjan by way of Justin to us as a cast. So he trusted him to interpret and yeah. Because I, you know, I, I've heard the record many times. Um, I'm a few years older than you are, so I remember when the, 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 the song "Chicago" came out. It was uh, uh, really resonated with me. I worked at a radio station at the time that was the only one in town that played that that song. And um, but then here, seeing it interpreted with, by dance, I just kept wondering, wow! I didn't realize that that song was about you know that it meant that or it it revealed mm-hmm. it revealed a lot about the the album i hadn't thought about so i was just wondering you know how much sufyan uh, had to do with the actual interpretation sounds like he put it in the hands of justin and justin ran with it i think yeah i think they had a lot of great conversation that kind of uh made ideas pop up while they were talking and as time went on they kind of check in with each other to Make just sure. to see how the story is, yeah, just to make sure and to see how the story is, is developing. Mm-hmm. And I think that constant collaboration is something that makes the show, even for the cast members as well as the audience, lively and new and fresh and exciting. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it was all of that. For, you know, for, sure. for folks who are listening out there, it's, it is difficult to describe mm-hmm. the, the emotional <laughs> experience that you are that washes over you. But it for just we're going just like basic notes. You have this incredible. Incredible group of musicians, like three otherworldly. Like it is, they are mm-hmm. incredible. And then you have this company of dancers and actors. It's like it is a dance theater piece. There is a narrative yeah. that, that happens through it, and you you follow through. What have you been with the show from the beginning? I actually have. Yeah. I actually have. Uh, we had some work sessions in New York um, early 2023, and then we had a, a bard was willing to um, give us space and let us perform there as well, and the show developed there, and then almost a completely different show now. Really? Um, with, which is so crazy because it's the same music, the same album, right. um, some of the same jumping-off points, but the way it has developed into into pages and pages of storytelling that we physically have and that we go back to and that we read and that we reference. Um, and it's been, an, it's been a really telling experience, especially for, especially for me, I'll speak for myself, but I know for as a cast as well, we've uncovered our things within ourselves that we bring, that we now bring to the show. So me in July of 2023 is a completely different person than I am now, partly in thanks to this show. So I get to bring that every single day. And Justin is so willing and Jackie is so willing to let us um, incorporate our personalities and our individuality into our roles um, with stipulations, of course. But um, it's been, it feels like I get to expand with the show huh. That's as a, an artist. Which that's is, an which incredible is feeling. Beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I can... Uh... I, I can only imagine, like, coming up with the, the vocabulary uh, that you all have, uh, you know, the, the mm-hmm. physical vocabulary. Just what was what was the process? Because, I mean, it is almost episodic because you have, like, a, this song and then you have right. another song. There's almost like that. But the vocabulary that is utilized throughout the entire piece is all unified. What What was the process and what was the main focus for you all as a, as a group of actor dancers, uh, to, to tell this story? Well, I think, I think the focus 
uh, not to use this word again, but developed. Because at first, I think we were just thinking about steps. Justin is, is, has developed his own language as a choreographer, which is, is very, very seldom in the art space. Um, especially coming from a ballet background that is so codified. Um, he's been able to speak his own language and we kind of folded into that and are trying to speak with a voice that is ours, but also his. Um, so that was kind of the beginning, at least for me. And then now we come back to each other and have these group conversations about where the story is going. And I think, um, yeah, I think it started out, I, I would say, with dance primarily. And then as the dance steps became uh, more natural for us, we began to pack on the storytelling. And then soon after that, as the steps were changing and the story was telling, storytelling was changing, it was all kind of intertwined. And then it's hard to dance it without knowing the story, without thinking about the story, without trying to emulate the story with our bodies. And I think as a movement artist, for me, the only thing I want to do is be able to kind of have people see words or see essays and with my movement. I want to be able to speak to people with my movement. And Justin and Jackie and Sufjan and this show has allowed us to be able to do that in our own, in our very, very singular own way. Yeah, they brought that out in you for sure. Because I'm watching you going, I don't think I've seen dancers give so much emotion and, 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 and tell the story with their movement, as you said. You know, a story like this story was being told. So and has it changed even here in Chicago since it started uh, a week and a half oh, ago? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. So we had some previews here. And this is my first experience with previews because I come from a company background. Uh-huh. Um, um, and... The show, I think, changed every day. Wow! In little ways, or switches with the with different things, and it. But it adds so much to the story. And those little tweaks, um, and that specification, and that detail, um, I think shows on stage. And it helps us tell the story because some sometimes when things are too blurry, we don't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you sit down and and you are challenged with speaking with your words, which is sometimes not as comfortable as movement, at least for me, I'll say it, it forces you to, to really, to really be entrenched in the story. And I think that's why it's, it's so special and deep for all of us. And it shows, I mean, it comes off that way. Oh, so. 100%. There is a, there is a, a fancy Chicago director, Mary Zimmerman, who likes to describe her process is like, uh, you're not building something. It's more of like an archaeology where you're slowly mm. dusting away things and the structure reveals itself mm. to you as you like, m- you know, brush away the layers of everything. And that that feels like there's something of sort of organic about it. And that feels very much what's like what's happening on stage at Illinois. Um, what also is happening on stage is one of the most incredible yes. tap numbers yes. I think I have ever yes. seen. You are just... You How long have you been dancing to do that? Because it was just well, phenomenal. Oh, 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I honestly cannot take any credit for that. I am I am a student of so many people, Kendrick Jones II, David Ryder, Michelle Dorrance, all of my masters that came before me, Harold Cromer, Mabel Lee, Jimmy Slide, um, Lon Chaney, Baby Lawrence. These are all tap dancers of the forum. Idoli Cassell, Derek Grant, Dormisha Sumbri. Um, they are all not only practitioners of, of tap dance, but they embody tap dance and live tap dance in a way that is, that is so special. And um, in the same way that we have developed a language with um, the show, it kind tap dance ha- has a language that gets passed down through lineage, and it's super. Uh, it's the biggest blessing of my life to be a tap dancer. I have so much ancestry within me, and to be able to have the platform to say what I have to say and to embody all of these people that have taught me so much and it feels like I am speaking for them you know a lot Mm -hmm. of the times as a marginalized queer person we don't get the the day in the sun as we should and there are so many people before me who were exceptionally talented who did not get this opportunity and the dancer that I'm dancing with Rachel Lockhart is is so beautiful and so magnificent and makes it so easy to share that on stage so that number is, is super special and I appreciate that thank you but so humbled and so much gratitude to um, my masters and my teachers yeah yeah well well that gratitude shines yes, through you've across. done them proud and um, your ancestors I know well. look I thank you so much. I, I let's go back to the beginning of where we started how are you holding up because this is a demanding show physically like are you I mean it's, do you have one or two shows today we have one today thankfully we had two yesterday <laughs> Um, and we have two on Wednesday. Yeah. How do um, you how do you recover? Because it it is it is ninety minutes of dance. Yeah. It it really is. And um I I like to do different things. Um, if I have a two-show day the next day, I don't like to roll out too much because then sometimes my muscles are a little too weak. But um, And by rolling out, I mean like kneading or massaging my muscles in different places. I make sure that I go to the gym almost every single day because strength is super important, yeah. as well as flexibility and stamina. Strength is so, so important. We are um, awarded um, some PT on specific days where if we have any like little things that need to be worked out that we can't do ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, I think as dancers and as movement artists, we train for things like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, our, and we prepare ourselves for situations like this so that we can give our body to the art that we love. Um, I think that Honestly, I, I, I dance a lot. I dance a lot. But something about it, um, because we have a bar led by Craig Salstein, who's an amazing person in the cast as well, um, he prepares us and we warm up and we make sure that we take the necessary steps to be able to, to perform and to tell the story with our bodies and our emotionality. So I'm actually, I've, <laughs> I've felt much worse and I've felt much healthier, but mm. I... I my spirits are high. Yeah. So my body kind of just follows suit. Yeah. It's, it's, you can hear it's it in working. your voice. <laughs> you know right I know we're running out of time, yeah. but I just, I know you're originally from New York. How are you finding mm-hmm. Chicago? Any interesting uh, adventures or something you want to impart that you've discovered that you're really enjoying? Okay. I hope New Yorkers aren't listening right now, but Chicago, cleaner. Yes. The buildings yes. are actually up to code. Yeah. yeah. We know that. We do know we're cleaner. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, thank you. The people, the people are very nice. The food is very good. I went to the art institute, and I only got, uh, I only got through the, the, the third floor with contemporary art. So much Kandinsky, so much Pollock, so much Picasso. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous, and the way it's curated, kind of at least that third floor, it's chronological and in a way that is so palatable to the to the person experiencing the museum love it i can't wait to go back and experience more i went to the contemporary art museum that was gorgeous it's great into the bean and millennium park is gorgeous um i got i got to walk around and before the week before we got here it was like negative right <laughs> 30 degrees yeah. so, cool. so i was so nervous yeah but the sun has been coming out and it's been between like 35 and 56 which is amazing it's so beautiful. I, i'm loving it here i'm loving it here oh, chicago good. shakes is, and the theater of chicago shakes has been they've been um so welcoming so oh, excellent it's been so, really fun so yes, good to hear yeah. well is there is there just really quickly is what is there a future plan for this show is it moving are you headed back to new york is that what's going on yeah yeah we actually go to the park avenue armory from march mm-hmm. 2nd to march 23rd um, so that's going to be another run in New York that we're, that we're excited about. We actually rehearsed at the Park Avenue Armory, so they were re- very willing and gave us uh, and uh, allowed us to use the space for rehearsal as well before we came to Chicago. So I'm um, really excited for my friends and family, hopefully in New York, to see the show because, you know, the Park Avenue Armory is on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. Wealth over there is, is, is very, is very mm-hmm. steep. So I'm hoping that a lot of my artist friends who can not afford hundred dollar tickets can come see the show i'm really hoping for that i hope so too and i have to ask is sufjan stevens been to the show okay so here's the thing i actually am not a person that likes to know who's in the audience right. like my mom or my dad you know right. um so i personally would not but that is definitely possible i'm i'm, I'm just not sure okay i like to really focus in on the story and mm-hmm. and especially the people that i'm with this cast have become some of my dearest, dearest friends, and we cry together, and we laugh together, and we experience it together. We went to um, the Triple Crown restaurant to, to yep. celebrate the Lunar New Year. Oh, because, yeah, yeah, in Chinatown. Yeah. Love that restaurant. And, and we, we really do um, stay, like, coagulated. So it's, it's, but I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Okay. I'm sorry. Just wondering. No, just, <laughs> That's just okay. Wondering. Just wondering. <laughs> yeah, it shows that you're... I could just tell when you do the curtain call that you guys all love each other. It was really special. Yeah, so. a lot. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank well, you both for... Ellen, thank you for being there, and Scott, and being soon. So thank you. Oh thank yeah, you. like thank you so much for this. And look, do yourselves a favor. You only have one more week mm-hmm. uh, to get down to yeah, Chicago Shakespeare. Any tickets left. I know. The, if you can grab a ticket uh, to go see Illinois, it runs through uh, February 18th at Chicago Shakespeare. Go to chicagoshakes.com and cross your fingers so you can get a ticket because it is truly something to. Uh, it's something yeah, special. Go by yourself. Get a single. You have yeah, a better chance. There you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Byron Tittle. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Mared. There you go. As you're oh, heading off on. today. Um, and, and enjoy some much time, need, uh, earned time off. Yes, yes. I have a day off tomorrow. I'm definitely going to explore Chicago. So there thank you, you so much for speaking to me uh, and seeing the show. Absolutely. Uh, well, Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, Mared. Mared, we say. Thank you so much. There you thank go. you. Have a great day. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, there is more Out Chicago right after this. So stick around. Duo Pink Pony. Welcome to Out Chicago on WCPT. 
Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott's up here along with Ellen Miller, rolling along. Rolling along. Right now, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And if you want to have a good time, let me tell you, mm-hmm. you need to head down to the loop. Yes. Yes, for Teatro Zinzani, yeah, which has returned history. to Chicago with the spectacle of unforgettable performances, sumptuous cuisine with chaos, love, and dinner. And joining us now back on the show, we're so happy to have her back, is the ringmaster of this whole, uh, ringmaster and MC of this whole beautiful event, uh, Carissa Hendricks, a.k.a. Lucy Darling. Carissa, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I like that we're speaking in these voices now. Well, because it's fun. It's the superb owl today. So we are going to speak like superb owls. Ooh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Eddie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. I love being in the show. It's such a great gig, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. It shows because you are fabulous in your role as the MC, if I may say so myself. Oh, it. You know, it's really fun because that really, I would really think of that role being shared between me and uh, the Madame Zanzani character, mm-hmm. who's played by Soraya or on our brunch shows, it's uh, Tina Jenkins Crawley. And so, you know, when you're um, seeing by yourself, it's, it can be a little uh, like lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's great is we got this, we've got this wonderful like back and forth where we're like not quite sure about each other. And then we sort of make friends in the middle of the show. So it's, it's a great gig because it's not just like your typical variety show like we all get to to act we all get to have a whole journey and you get invested and i think um like watching magic and watching circus is so much more powerful when you actually care about the people when you've met them and you've seen their journey and then you're like oh my goodness they're upside down (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so how would you describe the show to somebody who has never been to teatro zanzani Oh my God! So it's it's not just a variety show. It's not just some of the best circus performers you're ever going to see, and great magic, and incredible singing, and wonderful food. It's it's the room. So we are performing in a hundred year old Spiegel tent called uh, Zazu. It has a name, and there's only like a few of these left in the world that have been preserved. Mm-hmm. And it's it's on the 14th floor of of the Cambria Building downtown. So yes, the show is amazing. But part of what's so amazing about it is that when you walk in. You're not in Chicago anymore. Mm-hmm. You're in a whole fantasy world. The show happens all around you. Even your servers are in the show. And so it's just such an unusual way to observe theater. Like, you don't feel separated from the acts in the same way. I mean, the front table is is literally one foot from the stage. Yeah. And we are surrounded by audience members. So you know, people are always like, what's the best seat in the house? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, like, you're, you get. you're in the show. Yeah, yeah they're all... They're all the best seat. I mean, what you know, when you go see a show with circus, often the performers like, you know, ninety feet away from you and you're squinting and going like, Oh yeah, contortion's cool, that's neat. But well she's she's a foot away from kicking you in the head yeah. every single time she does the rest. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, and then coming up, as you said, in the Cambria Hotel, you know, you get into an elevator in a small lobby and you're like, Oh, this mm-hmm. boy and you go up into the elevator, you get out and then you walk, you just, it's amazing that you're in this environment in this, like, under what, what, the Zazu tent. It's like, mm-hmm. how did they do this? How did they do this in a hotel? I mean, I don't know what space, what that space was like before, but it's been transformed in a way that brings you into a, 
a feeling that you've gone back into the past and you're you're in for something very special. Even from the minute you hit the you know the host stand, everybody's mm-hmm. into it. Everybody is in character. Everybody's happy, and you know it's it's. It, I've never really experienced anything quite like it before, and I think that's why it's been so successful uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night I was there, uh, you might recall, I don't know if you'll recall, but you might, there was a, a guy from, a fireman from Wisconsin. Oh, I remember our fireman friend, yes. <laughs> and you were brilliant. You know, you're not only are you a wonderful <laughs> magician, Carissa, but your improv skills are just, you know, wonderful and you know sometimes you pick somebody and I'm sure you have high hopes for them but they don't always come through as being the easiest subjects (laughs) as I think was the case that night yeah well I like but I like that I I don't want to know what's going on you know I want to be as surprised as the audience is I think that there's like there's like such a gift that I can give people when they can really when I you know I you know what I do is mm. I, I feel like I swim out to the middle of the ocean and then they get to watch me struggle to get back you know like they don't know <laughs> that I'm gonna have the answer good analogy <laughs> right? yeah because I'm like I like that yeah I'm like watching you with him Wait. going how are you doing okay this? times out for those for this person who was not there <laughs> yeah what are you talking about. So, so, so you were there was a fireman in Wisconsin. And we're swimming in an ocean, and now. So, the the routines I do in the show are are very loosely written, and right. there's a like I I think of it as a play where the the I bring up a person or bring up a couple of people, and they're doing half the lines. Okay. So I know where I want to go as a magician. I know what the trick should be, but but I'm, honestly, both tricks have lots of places they could go. And I just go with the person. And so this guy, and often, like, most people take fairly, you know, they take one of, like, four paths. This guy was like, I see your paths. I set them on fire. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, no. And he was bananas. And I lo- and the audience loved it. Because every time, like, you know, it's so clear I'm, like, trying to get him to make a certain kind of choice. Right. He'll make a totally different choice. Right. And then I can see I'm surrounded, right? Like, the, there's people all around me. I can feel the audience like whip their heads back and be like, "What's she gonna say?" Right. And how's she gonna deal you know, with that? It's my job, yeah, to have a perfect response every time. But the problem sometimes is that because like whatever he gives me, I've got something. I've done this forever. Mm-hmm. It just encouraged that guy to go crazier, um, which was kind of delicious. Actually, I, by the end of it, yeah. Well, you were in the perfect place, you know, Chicago, the land of the home of improv, where mm-hmm. you just sounds like you're just yes anding the crap out of everything. Which which is amazing and slightly <laughs> terrifying. Yes, yeah, it's slightly terrifying. You know, that's the thing in Chicago is that the expectations for improv are so high. Yeah. That um, so I, I actually left the show for two weeks to go do a show in Canada. Right. And uh, I haven't been back to Canada in like six years with this show, but also I've been doing this show for like what four months now, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't notice the way a show like this sort of changes you. But I got back to Canada, and everyone kept saying, "Wow." Your improv is so uh, tight now. It's mm. so clean. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That's Chicago did that to yeah. me. Yeah. Because you can feel that the audience expects, like, a really high level. Like, if you, you know, if you do an improv bit and it's not, like, the funniest thing, they won't even give you a titter. Because they're like, I'm sorry, we're Chicago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we're not impressed yeah. by you. We know our improv. No, sir. Yeah. But there is something how wonderful, like, well... First of all, how 
because you know you've been doing magic and comedy. How long have you been doing doing both? Like, mm-hmm. did the comedy come first, or the magic, or was the comedy a product of the magic? Like, yeah, how did, the same exactly? Yeah, or yeah, how did that all? Uh, how does it unfold? So I come out of a, a place in Canada called Calgary, Alberta, and I was specifically when I, you know, I got kicked out of the house at 16, started my showbiz career, just like my version of working at McDonald's just to pay the bills. Right. What did, had no passion for it, just, you know, I could make balloon animals, I could do some card tricks, I was like, just don't starve to death. That's the goal. Um, but where I lived in Inglewood, so a block down from my house was Carly's Angels, which is the longest run, it still is, the longest running burlesque show in Canada. Um, three blocks north of that is Loose Moose, which is our answer to Second City. It's our improv troupe. Mm-hmm. And then about four blocks on the other side was where the magicians got together and did their like little magic meetings. And then also we have a brick-and-mortar magic shop. And then six blocks away from that is One Yellow Rabbit, which is the most avant-garde theater company in Western Canada. So mm-hmm. it, it was in the water I was yeah, drinking. You, know? were, like, like, you were it, destined. Yeah. You know? yeah. Surrounded by it. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't really think about it until a couple of weeks ago when I went back to Canada and my friend was like, hey, let's go to the coffee shop where we always used to go. And I'm looking around going, oh, my God, I was surrounded by this. You know, I'm, I, when I was, you know, you're 16, you're doing your show, you're just, you're trying to be original, you've got no idea what you're doing. You're just drinking up all the influences around you. And so I've done Sideshow. I, I was a Guinness World Record holding fire eater. I, you know, did some acting for a while. Everything I've ever done has all the acting has had magic in it. All the magic is improv in it. All the everything has been really everything's kind of had a little bit of drag in it. I mean, everything got so influenced by that area mm-hmm. and just being around it all the time. Yeah, yeah it was like, in and the it, water. Like yeah, yeah, said. yeah. And I just you know, and also I love how because of this wild flamboyant production of Teatro Zanzani. How I mean, are you do? Is it eight shows a week, or is it, like, it's pretty... Thursday through, right? Thursday through Thursday Sunday. Thursday Sunday? Yeah. Except yeah. for this week, we got a oh, Valentine's Day Thursday. show as well. So this way, this week, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Two yeah. shows Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're the just this, the actual, like, you working, actively working on your craft, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, of the improvisation, the, like, the hosting skills, the how do you change this, how do you direct this comment, you know, all of that. I, of course, when you're doing that, when you're steeped in that, and then you head back to, to you know, to back to Canada, and people are like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm do this is what I do, you know? And it's yeah. wonderful to see the fruits of your labors and how... You know, the best thing about taking a gig like Teatro Zanzani, which just seems so, you know, fantastical and there's a, a magic and a, and, a, and a zestiness to the whole thing. <laughs> when you take a gig like that, how it actually informs you as a performer, how it changes you, as you were saying. And it's, have you noticed any other ways that it's like that you were like, oh, I didn't realize I could do this quite as well as I can can do this? Yeah, so absolutely. Yes. I genuinely think I'm going to look back on my career and be like, oh, I separate it time wise into like before Zanzani and after Zanzani. Because, yes, part of it is that it's like brutal, the schedule, like just work, 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 work. And the yeah. show's three hours. So you're just, you know, yeah. it's, it's all your brain is doing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is you're surrounded and the audience is so close. And so two things have happened. One, I cannot ever phone it in because when you're that close yeah they, know. they can tell yeah. they, they know. Can smell yep mm-hmm. yeah so it it really forces you to show up 
with a different kind of presence, with a different kind of professionalism, a different kind of intensity. Like you show up every day with that same, and it, and now that's the base, right? Because like when you go months and months and months and months and months without, you know, using your hind brain to do the show, you're always using your whole brain. Then that's now the normal. Yeah. And the other thing is, as a magician and as a comedian working in the round, like contortion, uh, acrobatics, those do lend themselves very well to being in the round. Magic does not. Yeah. Magic is a directional art form. Mm-hmm. This has every magician that has come to see me has commented, I cannot believe you're getting away with that surrounded. And I'm yeah. like, I. No, I know. But now what it, what it's made me realize is as a magician, I I have eyes in the back of my head. Like I can see, you know, as a magician, you're always kind of like jumping out of your body and into the eyes of the audience so that you can see what angles they can see. Yeah. And I used to only be able to do that from the front. Now I can do that from my my back has eyes in it. I can tell where they're looking. I can I can feel when the people behind me have started to like get suspicious. And so, because as a magician, part of your job is to go, okay, they're starting to suspect this. So now my job is to show that that is empty or that that is normal. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to throw it. And that's not always going to be true in the show. You're, you're watching where they're watching. You're watching when they've moved their faces away from your eyes into one of the objects mm-hmm. so that you can like, you know, release the tension, release the suspicion. And, uh, uh, and I think it's made me a much stronger magician because the the error the margin for error is zero. Yeah, right. Yeah. It used to be like five percent, fifteen percent. Now it's zero. Like it, every move has to be so precise, or it's all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow! I had never yeah. even thought yeah, about I that. Yeah, I hadn't either. Like, but it makes oh, a lot of sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. So. Uh, Teatro Zanzani is open-ended. Are you in it for, you know, foreseeable future, or is there an end date for you, and you have something else going uh, on? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, they book it, like, six months at a time, and so, you know, I've, we've got it. We, we book our stuff out a year and a half in advance. Even with this contract, when he called me, I had to cancel a lot of stuff to pull this off, because six months is a long time. Yeah. Um, there, somebody amazing will always be here the standard for zanzani is really high but yeah the part of what's great about this is that there is going to be some churn and i think that's great because you know after six months no matter how much you love it you're you sort of slow down you get used to it and constantly bringing in new faces and bringing in new acts it's great for the audience but it's also great for us to keep us fresh yes And people come back to this show. I've talked to people who've seen it multiple times already, so it makes sense. Oh, yes. Last night we had a guy in the front row who had seen every single iteration of Teatro Zanzani in that tent. And this was his second or third time seeing this version. <laughs> wow. Ooh, good for That's him. A, yeah. All righty. There we go. But I can see, because it is, it is, having that vantage point is unique. You just never mm-hmm. get to see all of it that close up. And it just was special. I knew I would like it. I didn't know I was going to love it as much as I did. <laughs> so, and having you there, because I'm a you know became a fan when I went and saw you at the Magic Lounge when you were one of the first performers there when they opened here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Any plans to be back there sometime in the future? Oh. God, yes. I I think I've probably, you know, Saturday night we do Saturday we do two shows, mm-hmm. and I will still like get in a cab and go over to the Magic Lounge and catch the very last late night show. Love like it's that will always be a home to me in this city. It's such a special place. Well, that's good so yeah, the 
I will be back at the lounge. I'm, I'm a little hungry to work at that bar right now because I love Chacha Sanzani. I'm so happy here, but I don't really get to do a lot of close-up magic. Mm-hmm. And Chicago is like the epicenter of close-up magic. Yep. So to be here and be doing no coin tricks and no card tricks, there are days when I'm like, I just want to get behind Can that it, bar. Please? <laughs> I love that. That's great, And probably though. take a little bit of a break, too, because, you know, now you'll only need the eyes that are in front of your head, not the ones that are in the back of your head, <laughs> you too. You can rest the back oh my eyes God, for Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be zero work. I'll be like, oh my goodness, you're all sitting at one angle. What am I even doing here? What am here? I do? Everybody gather around. Let's get into a circle. Yeah, somebody stand on my head. Can someone do that? Make it more interesting and challenging. Oh my gosh. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for taking time out to, to join us. It's so wonderful to have you back. Congratulations on the success of Teatro Zanzani. Uh, make sure you, if you want just a fabulous night out, uh, go. I mean, do you, are there tickets? left for Valentine's Day? Because I think that'd be a great Valentine's Day. It's a day. perfect Valentine's Day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, you should check. Check. You go to Sinzani.com slash Chicago <laughs> and hopefully you can find a ticket. But go definitely check out this show. Magic, uh, contor- contortionist, people just being fabulous, music, great food. Be transported to another time and another place, uh, Carissa Hendricks. And as my wife just texted oh. in, she is absolutely awesome. There we are. And that's what you are. That's what you are. You are sweetie certified. You're always welcome on our show, so keep us uh, posted when you're back in town. Oh, you're going to regret that offer. I <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> we mean it. There you go. Well, Carissa Hendricks, uh, have a fabulous uh, rest of your day. Uh, enjoy the superb owl that happens later tonight. Uh, there's an Usher <laughs> concert going on there. Uh, and, um, and I guess, what do you say to a magician? Do you say break? break what do you say? It's not toy, toy, toy. It's not mared. Is it break no, a you link? say break a thread. Break, break a, a thread. thread. We learned oh. something yep. new just now. All right. Well, <laughs> break a thread, well, Carissa. Well, break a thread, Carissa. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> See you soon. We've got to take, take care. We've got to take a quick break. And when we get back, it is the final thrilling show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT. West, welcome to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here and Ella Miller yes, rolling along. Yes, we are. Fanciful, magical people, magical dancing people. Love our guests today. We know, and I love the shows thread. that they're in. They're just break a thread. We break a thread. Some, learn something learn new. Something new every day. Every learn week something here on our new. show. Hey, did you, uh, so it is the uh, Super Bowl today. Yes, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and I want to remind people... Um, this is the second biggest food holiday after Thanksgiving. It's true. Just to let you know, people who are going out to purchase said foods. Mm-hmm. At certain snack at factories. At certain snack factories or any other place where mm-hmm. you buy food. Just A, be patient. B, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a I jerk. you're in a hurry for that dip. Maybe it's don't just worry dip. About it. It's just snacks. Yeah. yeah. It's just snacks. It's just snacks. It's just snacks. So just like everybody calm down. Yeah. You know, I love food. What do you, are you doing, are you, hello lesbian, are you having a big Super Bowl thing? 
<laughs> the no. answer is no. What? Because none of our friends are into it. Uh, our, our lesbian friends, our straight girlfriends, they're just not that into it. Into the football in general or this and, particular game? Just into football. Okay. Or into the Super Bowl. I don't know. Kathy, like... I want to watch the game. I'd rather not have people over that aren't into the game. Right. So I want to watch the game. I was like, oh, it makes it more fun. But you know what we're going to be probably doing? Ordering right. Thai food. All right. There we go. Because I know usually you're like a, a chili mama. You know, I used to make homemade. Or I done chili and I used to make, for years, homemade pizzas. Pizzas. Yeah. Homemade I remember pizzas. this. And when I got home from uh, the cruise on Sunday night, we were like our tradition. We fly home. Someone's ordering pizza that night. Uh-huh. We get home. So we had pizza last week. And although I could, and we had it last night at a party. So I, I'm not going to have, I could eat pizza almost every day. Me but too. It's just going to be candy. two of us and um, probably Thai food. Very, oh. very non-Super Bowl-y. It is very non-Super Bowl-y. No squares, no wings, what's no happening? guests. I don't know what's happening. No wings? You need to order some wings. <laughs> she said, should I go get some wings? I go, you don't even like wings. She felt, because she, she knows I was feeling like we're not doing anything for Super Bowl oh, at all. Oh, no. Now I need to give you a hug. I know. But oh, no. I'll get over it, because I'm not feeling but that see, great But here's anyway. the thing. But you and Sweetie together on the couch yeah, with your be, Thai food. It's going to be People loving the game. Maybe a little edible. You know? Oh, that was... That works. Hopefully that'll fun. kick in right, right around uh, yeah. the Usher concert. The Usher concert. Please, please, please let little John be there. That's all I want. I just I'm want not him. that familiar with Usher's music. <sighs> Who's little John? He's the guy that just, oh, you all know little John's there because he just goes, little John! He just screams at you the whole time. Oh, He's I a producer. Love, I'm going to love that. He's awesome. Not. And maybe Ludacris will be there. Ludacris is going to be there. I think I heard Ludacris is going to be there. I think I heard that. Post Malone's going to do the uh, America the Beautiful. Uh Reba McIntyre is going to sing uh, the national anthem. Love Reba. Daniel Durant is going to sign the national anthem. Awesome. Uh, uh, Angel Pinero. You may be familiar with her. I'm not. The actress, model, and dancer will sign America the Beautiful. Andra Day will sing... Lift every voice. And oh sing. yes, and she's got a voice. Yeah, she does. She does. She I sounds good. She oh, and a couple of other little surprises of people. So we'll see what happens. Uh huh. All right. Fifteen minute show. Fifteen. I want to know what's going. Yeah, that's the part that makes me. That and the commercials. And the, the commercials people are, were talking about. You might recall the Bud Light commercial. I didn't realize it was on the Super Bowl last year, where they were had a trans character. And they had all that backlash. It was not a Super Bowl thing. It was an Instagram ad. It was a Instagram ad. It was an Instagram ad that happened this summer. All right, so and... due to that, but they're 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 uh, referencing that ad that the Super Bowl commercials are going to be very safe, is what I was reading this year. Oh, really? That's which Ugh. we don't like. Nobody likes that. Ugh. Safe is not fun. What? They're not going to push the boundaries. I don't understand. I just don't get people that like, we're just going to ban Bud Light because. Because they're hateful and fear the other. And Donald Trump is saying, please stop uh, the boycott because Anheuser Bush has now uh, endorsed him. Oh, well, okay. Well, there we are. So it's. Thank God mm, I don't drink beer anymore, but I wouldn't drink that. If they're endorsing. Look, I'm from St. Louis, too. They're endorsing Donald Trump. I don't know. Whatever. Oh. Do you have a bet on who's going to win? Who's gonna be... I have no idea. You don't care. I I, I don't. Because Kansas City won last year. Right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay. Look, I sports, hate to see it because team I'm a repeat. football fan. 
But San Francisco's won a lot, too, over the years. Right. Not recently. Um, uh, Brock Purdy is a, is a story. You know, he was Mr. Irrelevant. For those that don't know what that is, it's the last player picked uh-huh. in the NFL draft, uh-huh. which usually Mr. Irrelevant, because they generally don't even have much of a career in the NFL, but... Here you go. A guy that was Mr. Irrelevant last picked is in the Super Bowl. So it's it, that is a, a big story. That's, you know, I, uh, that is and a, he's a rookie, right? Second uh, year. Okay, well. Second or third year? Third, I believe. Third year, okay. Two, second year. Okay. Easy on the football talk. Uh, but I, don't, I just want it to be a good, close game. And right. if Kansas City wins again, I'll be completely fine with That's it. That's fine. Okay. Hey, what do you think? Agreed. Okay, good. I have to work. I'm not going to watch it. I have to work. How late do you work? 10. Oh, it's going to be really quiet after the game starts. I know. I hope so. Yeah. I, hope that's the, I hope that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in the meantime, mm-hmm. everybody calm down. It's just dip. It's just It's dip. just dip. Although, I will say, if you want to impress your friends with a good Chicago dip, yeah. Chicago Jardinera, a creamy Chicago Jardinera dip. Oh. You need to get Chicago-style Jardinera. You get some cream cheese, a little bit of freshly grated parm, and some sour cream. Like a lot, like about a cup of mm-hmm. Jardinera. Mm-hmm. Drain it. Put that into drain a, it. Make sure you drain it. Drain that's it. Put important. that into a little into a little food processor. Yeah. Then drizzle it with the leftover oil that's from the jardinera. From the jardinera. <gasps> Put that on a trisket. That sounds good. It's good. But I'm not going to go near a grocery store in the next few hours. So. All right. All right. Darn well, don't it. you have sharp jardinera just hanging out in your house? Uh, One no. should. We should. Come on, Chicago lady. We have lady. cream cheese. <laughs> there you go. Just eat a black of cream cheese I will do that. while you're ordering Thai You know, food. my favorite little thing is you what? take a piece of cream cheese, you put it on a Triscuit, and you put hot sauce on it. Oh. It's just a simple thing that is a delicious treat. Simple pleasures. Yep. Simple pleasures. Maybe I'll make that tonight. That, right. That'll be our appetizer, sweetie. There you go. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That'll be our homage to Super Bowl. We'll have a, a cracker dip. Look, I've, all I've been wanting, snack. too, is like, you know, we've gone vegetarian. You you guys have? Yeah. Oh, you mentioned that, but don't you cheat on, on that a little bit or no? Ish. Ish, okay. Ish, but like, I'm like, I want wings. I love wings. I like those boneless ones. Oh, you can get <laughs> They make cauliflower wings for you, Scott. I know, they do. I had to go and do the the... I did some research and I found some cauliflower buffalo wings. But you won't be Ain't home anyway, so. But when I get home, I need a snack. I have to have, to have second dinner after I get home. Oh yeah, because it's like. Yeah, you're hungry. You're hungry. You like I am lot. after this show. You work a lot. I know. I'm yeah. But anyway, well, fortunately, we can like stop and we can go get some food. Yeah. Because it's the end of another show. It is. Oh my gosh. Ellen Miller, I'm so glad that you were back. And it's good to be back with you. There we are. It's great to have you. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests. Uh, Byron Tittle, if you get a chance, go check out Illinois. Yes, please try It's really lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, and uh, Carissa Hendricks, go check out Teatro Zanzani. Go do it. Go check it all out. Uh, Devin, thank you. Uh, Is there a sports cubicle tonight? Uh, Yes. Not live, but yes. Okay. Um, yes. Fabulous. We'll tune into that after the Usher concert. Paul, thank you for uh, agreeing with me, mm-hmm. for knowing my my genius and my my Raiders lore. <laughs> there we are. Good, There's, I'm pretty impressive there. Uh, Ellen Miller, you're fabulous. Welcome back. And thank I'm Scott Duff. Uh, and until next week, stay, stay proud. proud.